when you think about it, 2017, and um, it, it is a, it's just amazing to see where we are. Again, I mentioned it kind of in the, in the service and the worship flow that, you know, there are those that, that ushered in a new year. How many of you stayed up and did whatever traditions you have uh, at midnight? Anybody stay up? A few. How many of you were sound asleep? Hey, that's, <laughs> y'all like me. I don't have no idea if my wife or kids stayed up. I was out. I was done. But uh, there's a lot of traditions. I was raised, in fact, I think we'll have at least half of it today. But I was raised with mom and dad that we always had cabbage and black-eyed peas on, on New Year's Day. I think we at least get the black-eyed peas for lunch. I don't know about the cabbage. And uh, I love it. But uh, there's a lot of traditions. Now, if you, were, if you had one of these posts on Facebook, I'm not picking on you. And I'm not even talking about you because you were just a small drop in the bucket of the Facebook posts that I saw. But as 2016 wound down, it blew my mind. Now, don't get me wrong. I, I, I am sad for the loss of, of those who, who lost their lives. And uh, we, we lost the... Uh, my brain just stopped working, but singing in the rain, and then we lost uh, the, the actress there. We lost Princess Leia. There was other ones that were lost. And, I, you know, as persons and as people, I, I mourn the loss. This year, we lost more police officers in the line of duty than ever before. Uh, and that's another loss. But I watched as people begin to write, and it was not, again, if you may have posted something like this, I'm not picking on you. I, I saw it all over my 5,000 Facebook friends that I had. People that were just saying how awful 2016 was and how they couldn't wait for it to be over and they were hoping that 2017 was going to be better. My wife had a phenomenal post that, that she posted that talked about that 2016 had its share of ups and downs and losses and gains. And But still, for you and I, we recognize that our existence is not in the fate. Our existence is not in the, the, the just what happens, happens. We're in the hand of God. And I was thinking about that. You know, Lord, what do I preach the very first message of 2017? Where, where could I go, God? And what, what could I do? What do you want this church, this congregation to know? We could, we could set a theme, we could set a direction, a vision, and while all of that is important, uh, that's to come, and we've got uh, things that are happening. I'm thankful for what God has done in our building program, and, and towards the end of this month, we'll launch year two of Give to Grow, and I believe that God is going to once again just blow our minds. I believe it's a year that, that we're going to see a, an increase of souls that are saved and worship and the, the depth of our services and the depth of our consecration to the Lord. All of that's going to happen. But I said, Lord, what would you like to say? Of course, we know that, at least for me, I've never heard the audible voice of God. While I don't doubt that he can speak that way, his mode of speaking lies within the pages of the Word of God. And even if He does ever speak to you in an audible voice, it will never be different from what His Word says. It will never change. He, he is the, we said this last Wednesday night. He said, I am God. 
I change not. I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so if God has never spoken to you, don't cry, don't pout. It doesn't mean he doesn't love you. He has spoke to you through the word of God. And you'll just listen, meaning read it. You'll hear all you need to hear from the word of God. So when I say, what does the Lord want to say today? Then I would have to say, what does he say in the word of God? Now, have you ever had a phrase stuck in your, in your head and then you realize later that phrase that you were thinking of it wasn't quite the way that phrase went. I uh, had the had the the Carol House furniture phrase that was stuck in my head, and in my brain it said because you like new things, and that's not what it means. It's you like nice things, and but I, I so so just understanding that that's not right. But in now that I have that stuck in your mind and your brain, you're welcome. I want you just to think of that, and, and let's change it up. Maybe if some of you have some connections with uh, the Carroll uh, House family people, you can tell them they need to change your slogan because pastor said so, and it's because you like new things. And, and I do. I like new things. Uh, I like the new car smell. A couple of years ago, we bought a, a fairly new car that still had the new car smell. Up until that, we never had a car that had a new car smell. And uh, now you can buy those little for breeze things that you stick in that bring a new car smell. And it's not quite the same. By the way, the new car smell is all the carcinogens that, that is in all of the plastics and stuff that hasn't yet cured. And that's why we call it. But whatever. I like new things. I like putting on a, a good pair of new shoes for the first time. I like the unboxing. Uh, you, you know me, I like to hunt and fish and and um, there's something about if you ever get a new gun, maybe a new shotgun or something, they're, they're usually covered in, a, in an oil. And uh, there's something about unboxing that gun and, and just knowing it's, it's, it's never been fired and, and, and you clean it up. There's something about that new, that newness. I like new things. And I'm sure that you are too. You like new things. You, uh, you, you like something that, that you've never had before, something that is is uh, new and 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 even now I've I've had things that were new to me. They may not be a brand new item, but they were new to me and they're special. I'd like to tell you today that God likes new things. And so, if you'll give me just a little bit of time to to lead you in a path today, I'd like to tell you that God likes new things. We have spent two, uh, oh, almost two months, maybe a little over in the book of Hebrews and we finished it last week and if you didn't get to hear it or if you missed some, they're all on our, our uh, website. You can go and listen to them. You can uh, go to, you can also download the app called Sunday Streams and when you download our app called Sunday Streams, you can, uh, I believe you type in O'Fallon Lighthouse and it will bring it up and you can go watch all of them. And uh, we're working on getting the, the archives onto our app itself. And then our Facebook, I mean our, our website is in a, a kind of an updating mode right now. In the next couple of weeks we'll have a brand new looking website. And it will be on there. You can go back and listen to that. The book of Hebrews was all about new things. That Now not a new God, we understand that. Not a new God, but that the God of heaven had taken on a new uh, a, a new identity, if you will, for a moment, that God of heaven became flesh just like you and I. And I think it's interesting that he didn't become an old man. He became a newborn baby because God likes new things. 
And in doing that, he came, and there were new commandments. And you can read it in, your, in the Word of God. One of the things I love about the, the electronic age is that whether it's your app, your, your Bible app on your phone, or I have Bible programs. Used to, you'd have to go get a concordance and flip through it. But man, I love the fact that I can go to the search function on my Bible, uh, electronic Bibles, and type in a word, and instantly it gives me all of the scriptures that that word was found in. You can type in new and find it. Several times, Jesus said, this is a new commandment. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love your brother and so Jesus, he loves new things. In fact, uh, Matthew chapter 26 and verse 28, it says, For this is the blood of the New Testament, which was shed for the remission of sins. And we preached about that, and I'm pretty confident that that verse will get read next Sunday night and, and, and woven into the teaching of Brother Littles because it's part of that communion uh, moment. But Jesus loves new things. And so, let, let's see, um, let, let, let's see if anybody's brave enough. How many of you have made a New Year's resolution this year? Okay. How many of you haven't made one because you know you're going to break it? Okay. How many of you have made a New Year's suggestion? <laughs> they say that, that the, uh, the uh, gyms, their membership increases uh, just hundredfold, thousandfold. If you went to the gym, those of you that go to the gym, uh, uh, you'll, you'll find very quickly that the month of January, everybody seems to be at the gym. But just hang tight, keep going. I don't do this. I'm just telling you what to do. Uh, I'm not, I don't necessarily practice everything that I preach. But if you'll go to the gym, it says it takes about eight times or so, eight to 15 times to make something a habit. So, man, all of you that are going to go to the gym, y'all go to the gym. Make sure you power through January and come February when everybody quits, you'll still be going strong and you'll lose a lot of weight and you'll thank me for preaching this later to you. I'm not doing that. But uh, we make these New Year's resolutions. Just, just hang with me. I, I know I'm preaching. I'm, I'm going to get somewhere in a moment. I just want to kind of set the stage. We make all of these New Year's resolutions. And if you don't say a New Year's resolution, I have no doubt in my mind that most of us here at least have contemplated what am I going to do differently? What am I going to go do new? What am I going to try to uh, uh, help and advance myself in 2017? Even if we don't call them New Year's resolution, I know we've said I'm going to eat a little healthier. I'm going to read my Bible more. I'm going to pray more. I'm going to love more. I'm going to spend more time with my family. I'm going, to, I'm going to really work hard and apply myself at the job so that I can get that raise or I can get that promotion. We all seem to say this is the time of year that we look and we say what is going to be new. And again, let me tell you, God likes new things. I found it interesting in this really has nothing to do necessarily with the sermon or, or so to speak but I thought it was interesting that the Bible is very careful to mention that Jesus was laid in a new tomb not to make a doctrine out of it but I think it's because he likes new things you say well pastor come on get off that where are you headed alright I'll tell you this if you have your Bibles I want you to do me a favor I want you to turn to Psalms chapter 33 and verse 3 and then I want you to turn to Psalms 40 in verse 3. Just, just get your Bible, get, your, get your, your Bible app out. 
that ought to be something new you try this year is bring a Bible to church or at least a Bible app that you can take some notes in. Because I'm going to tell you, I can't, I can't tell you how many times it is on the different Bibles that I have. I can open up the Bible and find things I've wrote in the margins or find, I, I, I have places that I write and it'll say, Pastor, or it'll say, it'll say, uh, Sister Pastor Keith Perryman preached this message and I have a date, or Brother Farino preached this message, or Brother Buford, or other pastors and preachers that I've sat under. I can see that. It would do good this year for you to bring a Bible. You can take some notes. But watch, I, I want to just tell you what God wants to do new in your life this year. Psalms chapter 33 and verse 3. Sing unto him a new song. Play skillfully with a loud noise. Psalms chapter 40 and verse 3 says this, and he hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it in fear and shall trust in the Lord. Let's keep going for a moment. Go to Psalms chapter 96 and verse 1 and Psalms 98 and verse 1. These are some things that you need to do in 2017, Psalms 96 in verse, in verse 1 says, Oh, sing unto the Lord a new song. Sing unto the Lord all the earth. Psalms 98 and 1 says, Oh, sing unto the Lord a new song. For he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm hath gotten him the victory. A new song. Our, our music department does a great job on the direction of Sister Cindy and they will introduce new songs all throughout this year but I'm not necessarily talking about a new song in that sense. I like the fact that Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 19 Paul said that we sing and we make melody in our hearts and this ought to encourage some of you who can't carry a tune in a bucket that even if you're not comfortable singing out loud there at least ought to be a song in the heart and some of us are thankful you keep it in your heart. I'm just kidding. But I want to I want to read to you something that a pastor and an author by the name of James Brooks wrote. He tells the story. James Brooks tells the story of visiting a friend's home. And as he walked into the house of this friend, he heard the most beautiful melody that a bird could ever sing or chirp or however you want to see that. It was no ordinary sound of kind of discombobulated chirping, but instead with this, and it was definitely a bird, but it it, it resembled the the melodies of, of, of songs, if you will. First, Pastor Brooks did not know where it was coming from, and finally, as he glanced around the room, he saw in a gilded cage a bullfinch that was there. And that bullfinch was chirping and, and the chirps were almost melodious. The lady there at the house had explained that that bird had been taught to sing that way. That the lady as a teacher, if you will, would repeat the notes over and over and over until the bird was able to mimic them. But then she made this statement and Brooks, Pastor Brooks kind of grabbed hold of it. She said, the only way I could teach the bird was if all of the lights were off and the windows were shut and it was dark because then nothing could divert the bird's attention. David, in one of his psalms, he said, In the night his song shall be with me. While a 
Elihu, who was one of Job's friends, they didn't always say the right thing. In fact, there was a lot of things that Job's friends said that sounds really spiritual but are far from it. But he at least made this statement. He said this. He says that God gives songs in the night. Can I tell somebody right now that in 2017, because of some dark days and because of some things that have come, there can be a new song in 2017 that springs up simply because in a dark moment you were able to keep your eyes focused on him and nothing could divert you from that. Can I tell you today that something that needs to happen in 2017 is a new song. Let your worship be new. Let your worship be relevant. Let your worship be fresh. Let it spring forth of some circumstances and some places that you've been in the last parts of your life over 2016 or so. Would you let the darkness, would you let the night give birth to a new song? You say, well, pastor, I don't know if I can do that. You don't know what I've gone through. You don't know what I've experienced. You don't understand the deep, deep darkness and bleakness that I've been. Well, I think I probably could. I've said before on this pulpit, try me. We could go toe to toe and you could tell me your life experiences and I could lead you in my life experiences. And while we, they, they won't be exactly the same, you and I, I think we'd find that nobody's life is worse than anyone else's. Nobody's experiences are so great that we can't understand. But the reason I can tell you that out of the darkness can come a new song is because of what Lamentations chapter 3 and verse 21 says. Lamentations chapter 3 lends itself to a, a song that we sing, an old hymn called Great Is Thy Faithfulness. But let me read to you Lamentations chapter 3 and verse 21 and let me tell you what God wants to do new in your life this year. Jeremiah said, This I recall to my mind, so therefore I have hope. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Can I tell somebody today one of the greatest New Year's resolutions that you could ever have is the understanding that His mercies are new every morning. Oh, I know sometimes it seems that we have all but given up. I realize that there are moments where it seems that you've hung your harp on the willow tree and there's no worship and there's no songs and you don't ever want to play again. I get that from Psalms 137 that says this, By the rivers of Babylon there we sat down, and we wept when we remembered Zion. We hanged our harps upon the willows in the midst thereof, for they had carried us away captive, requiring of us a song. And they that wasted us required of us mirth, saying, Sing one of the songs of Zion. It was a, a psalm, a, a psalm of really despair, at least this part, that when they had been carried away in captivity, they found no worship. And so they hung their harps in the willow trees and they had made up their mind, I'm not going to worship the Lord because my circumstances are too bad. How can we sing, they said, of the Lord's song in a strange land? But I like what Jeremiah said. And even though Jeremiah is a pretty depressing book of the Bible because nobody ever listened to a word Jeremiah said. But he made this statement. 
And it's from the Lord, Jeremiah chapter 37. He said, I will cause the captivity of Judah and the captivity of captivity of Israel to return and will build them as in the first and I will cleanse them from their iniquities whereby they have sinned against me and I will pardon all of their iniquities whereby they have sinned and whereby they have transgressed against me and it shall be to me a name of joy, a praise and an honor before all of the nations of the earth which shall hear the good that I've done unto them. And in verse 10 it says, And again there shall be heard in this place, there shall be heard the voice of joy and the voice of gladness and the voice of the bridegroom and the voice of the bride and of the voice of them that say, Praise the Lord of hosts, for the Lord is good and his mercy endureth forever. I'd just like to tell you today that something new in 2017 is that his mercies are new every morning. I like what the psalmist said in Psalms 23. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Somebody listen to me right now. I don't care how bad your life has been up to this point. Would you remember this? His mercies are new every morning and that allows you to sing a new song unto him because as, as, as far away as you can get from God, he never lets those mercies let up. Now we know forgiveness is required and repentance is required. We understand that. God's mercy and grace is not a doormat. We wipe our feet off and just kind of, you know, cleanse ourselves and just sort of use him uh, as, a, as a shower, if you will, when we've sinned. We understand all of that. But today I'll tell you that those mercies are following you. All you have to do is turn around and accept them. There's nothing you can do to deserve the grace and there's nothing you can, to do, can do to deserve the mercy. But they're following you. And they're new every morning. Which means if yesterday you made a mistake, if yesterday you've sinned and come short of the glory of God, while there ought to be a, a brokenness and there ought to be a repentant spirit and there ought to be a sadness, a godly sorrow, as Paul said, that, that ought to accompany that, you ought to wake up this morning, get out of bed and say, you know what, there's new mercies today. I can live for him today. I can live for him because God likes new things. Ezekiel chapter 11 and verse 17 says this. If you read, and we're going to read verse 17 through 20 of Ezekiel 11. Therefore say, thus, thus saith the Lord God, I will even gather you from the people and assemble you out of the countries where you have been scattered. And I will give you the land of Israel and it shall come thither that they shall take away all of the detestable things thereof and all the abominations thereof from thence. And I will give them one heart. And I will put a new spirit within you and I will take the stony heart out of their flesh and I will give them a heart of flesh that they may walk in my statutes and keep my ordinances and do them and they shall be my people and I will be their God. While most of us in this building have been a recipient of this, I will tell you that God likes new things which is why he gives us a new heart and a new spirit. It was David that after one of the lowest points of his life, he didn't just sin. I mean, he sinned good, if I could use that phrase. He didn't just do one sin, but he piled sin after sin after sin that all wrapped itself and wove itself in that affair he had with Bathsheba that ultimately uh, in, in, you know, ended with the, with the murder, if you will, for lack of a better phrase, the murder of her husband and then the loss of their, their son as it was born from that 
affair. But it was in that low point that David said, Oh God, create in me a new heart. Renew a right spirit within me. Somebody today, your New Year's resolution needs to be, Lord, create in me a new heart. Lord, create in me a clean heart, a new spirit. In fact, I would take you to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17 where it says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And would you never, ever let that verse become commonplace? That verse is the crux of your and I's salvation. That in Christ I'm saved. That in Christ my flesh is gone. My old desires and my old sinful nature has been passed away. And behold all things are become new. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 15 says, For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision but a new creature. That's what needs to happen in 2017. I, not to pick on your, or, or use you, Brother Steve, as, as all my illustrations, but in, in the March issue of the Herald, which is our flagship magazine for the United Pentecostal Church International, Brother Steve's testimony is going to be there. And I've been privileged to be the one that gets to write down what he said. We sat at Dunkin' Donuts last week. And I listened to someone that could say this verse is completely real. Old things passed away. Behold, all things become new. I know you may have lived for God for 50 years. But I think this ought to be the year that that new creature arises. And that those old failures and those old uh, habits and those old Thoughts die out. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 24 says, And that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. He follows it up in Colossians chapter 3 and verse 10. And have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. I'm just trying to leave someone to understand what God wants to do in 2000. 17. He's a God of new things. And I don't know. Could 2017 also be the year where he said in Revelation chapter 2, verse 17, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the hidden manna and will give him a white stone and in the stone a new name written which no man saying or, or no man knoweth saving he that receiveth it could this be the year that we get a new name a revelation chapter 3 and verse 12 where it says that he that overcometh I'll make a pillar in the temple of my God and he shall go out no more and I will write unto him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God which is the new Jerusalem which cometh down out of heaven from my God, and I will write upon him my new name. Could this be the year that a new name is given? He said several times in the book of Revelation, I saw a new heaven and a new earth, a new city, a new Jerusalem coming down. Revelation chapter 21 and verse 5, towards the end 
of, of that book. He said, and he that sat on the throne said, behold, I make all things new. But the only way you get that new thing is if you let this year God make you a new creature in Christ Jesus. You say, Pastor, that sounds good and it's a great Bible study, but how exactly does it happen? I want to invite you to stand with me. Matthew chapter 9 verse 14 records the words of God words of Jesus and the, the, the crux of the matter was, was they were saying that the disciples weren't fasting and, and you know there was some of these traditions that they weren't carrying and Jesus basically said there'll be a time to fast and a time to do that but right now you've got about three, three and a half years to walk with the Son of God on earth and so we got to get everything we can right now in these three and a half years before I die on a cross and but he made this statement. He says, No man putteth a piece of new cloth in an old garment. For that which is put in to fill it up taketh from the garment, and the rent is made worse. Neither do men put new wine in old bottles, else the bottles will break, and the wine runneth out, and the bottles perish. But they put new wine in new bottles, and both are preserved. Now we don't, I know there's some great seamstresses here, and I don't know if you've ever had this happen but you have to realize that in that time frame the the cloth that they had they bought or they made they didn't have all of the the abilities to you know pre-wash it and pre-shrink it and do all that I don't know if you've ever bought a uh, something I bought a nice flannel shirt and it fit me until I washed it and I think it got dried by accident and I don't even think it fit Zoe hardly right now <laughs> because new fabric has a tendency to shrink a little bit when it is. And so, if you, especially in that day and age when fabric probably shrunk a little bit more because it didn't have all of the processes we had, if you had a hole in your pants and you put a patch on your pants, your pants had been old, they had, you've washed them, and they have already shrunk as much as they were, but you, you, you put a new patch on it. Get that patch just right. It's the right size, and you put it on those old pants. But then the first time they would wash that, that new patch would shrink. And in shrinking it would pull and sometimes it would make the tear far worse. Wine, when they would put it, wine ferments and there's a pressure that's in wine. That's why they pop the cork. I know wine and champagne is a little bit differently but the fermentation is there. and That's why when you pop the cork on champagne it goes everywhere. If they had an old leather bottle, which is a lot of times what they use, they would use a leather bottle for their wine. And they would, they, if you got an old, worn out, dry, desiccated wine bottle and you put fresh wine in there and that fermentation process would start and it would begin to expand, it could literally bust that, that wine skin or those, new or those old bottles. I think there's something very true here. It's kind of like that song, and to be honest, I've never really understood the song too much, Old Lang Syne. It's also called Green Sleeves. It just mat matters when you sing it. If you sing it any time after January the 1st, then it's called Green Sleeves and it has a totally different uh, lyrics. But if you sing it on, on New Year's Day or right as it changes over, they've got that little phrase that says, Old acquaintance, be forgotten. 
I'd like to tell you today that the only way you're going to ever truly walk into the newness of the Lord is there's got to be some old things you've got to let go. New Year's resolutions don't work unless you get rid of the old things. You can't just walk into a gym and just because you signed up, suddenly you're svelte and got nice abs and beautiful muscles. See, I don't even talk about those things. I don't even know how to talk about it. (laughs) I can go to the gym all I want. This is the altar call, Sister Buford. This is holy and special, and you're hurting my feelings. I can go to the gym all I want, but I got I got to change some of the old habits. Got to change the way I eat. Got to change the fact that I eat big meals at midnight. See where I'm going? You say this year I'm gonna. This year I'm going to make sure that I get my finances in order and I'm going to do all that. that. That's good. And you can do some new things that help you. But you got to let go of some old things. you got to let go of some old habits. You can say, I'm going to live for God with everything I've got. That's awesome. But you better let go of some old friends that always bring you down some old habits and some old thoughts and some old hurts and wounds and bitterness and and, and some old temptations and you've got to say I don't want to put new in the old which is why he said create in me a clean heart oh God renew a right spirit within me let the old pass away and behold all things become new the reason most people never fully become new It's because they never fully let go of the old. So in the words of, at least the words I know of that song, let old acquaintance be forgot. I wonder if you could close your eyes right now. I wonder if you'd let the Lord just begin to speak to you and talk to you. He wants to do something new in your life. He wants to do something brand new. Wants to give you new focus, new purpose, a new burden, a new commitment, new consecration, new heart, new spirit, new holiness, a new walk with Him, a new song, new praise, because His mercies are new. I wonder if we could just lift our hands right now. I open this altar if you want to spend a little bit of time around it. You're welcome to come in Jesus' name. God bless you.